0: You're listening to the U.S. Glass Magazine's special daily podcast, Glass Industry Update, the Coronavirus. I'm your podcast moderator, Chris Bunn. This podcast is designed to bring you the latest industry news surrounding the business disruptions in our industry caused by the worldwide pandemic. Be sure to check in daily for a new podcast with the latest updates. And now I'll turn it over to Deb Levy, publisher of U.S. Glass, who will give you an update and introduce our special guest.
1: Well, welcome everyone to our daily podcast. We are thrilled today to have Oliver Steppy with us. Oliver is the president of YKK AP America Inc. Oliver, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. We're very happy to have you here. And even Thanks. though I don't have to tell most people what you all do, why don't yeah. you take a minute and tell them? If oh, wow. Uh, I didn't
0: know you were going to put me on the spot like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> YKK AP America, of course, is um, <clears throat> our main business. Is, uh, uh, design and manufacturing of facade systems such as storefronts, curtain walls, window walls. Uh, we also have a, a residential window business that we where we manufacture uh, vinyl windows and doors for for uh, uh, new construction and replacement. And recently, within about the last six months, we we did an acquisition uh, here in North America and we acquired a company called Erie Architectural Products, uh, which is uh, based in Lakeshore, Ontario. And they specialize in highly complex uh, facades, uh, design, engineering, manufacturing. So we've kind of got a whole gamut of, of uh, building enclosure uh, uh, disciplines covered. So thank you for that.
1: And YKK is very well known as being a very well-managed company and obviously strategic because the acquisition yeah. of Erie was um, definitely a strategic acquisition. Thank you. And one of the things that I know about <laughs> YKK that uh, our listeners may not know is that it began originally years ago as a zipper company, right? You, mm-hmm. your company created the first, the basically the technology that allows zippers to zip more easily.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Actually, um, um our founder uh, Tadashi Yoshida did not invent the zipper. I believe that was done by an American pioneer, but he most certainly perfected it. Um, I see. and became known globally as the leader in, 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 uh, in the manufacture of high-quality uh, zippers. And at this point, of course, it's, it's morphed into significant uh, engineered products, that, uh, enclosures that are used in anything from uh, diapers to spacesuits mm-hmm. <laughs> and a pair of jeans. So it's uh, quite diverse at this point, but that is, that is correct.
1: Well, part of the reason I remember that is because I remember thinking how forward-thinking uh, your leaders were because mm-hmm. right in the beginning they looked at how long a trajectory they would have on things like patents That's and right. technology before a change so that they were ready to move and diversify into other areas pretty quickly. That's right. Well, let's turn for a second from <clears throat> zippers to the to the situation we're facing now, sure. the COVID crisis. Can you sure. tell me a little bit about how you guys are faring? How your two plants are? How your people are?
0: Yeah, sure. Well, it's been um, quite a range of of uh, you know emotions over the last probably what about six weeks, when sure. the COVID uh, crisis really, although it's been lurking around for quite some time. I don't think that the the the, the United States uh, society here was paying all that much attention until it really came home in uh, early March. I actually was in Japan in uh, early February. And the COVID crisis was not quite heated up there yet, but it was a lot more uh, prevalent there at the time. And I was, a wearing, I was wearing a mask while I was traveling and mm-hmm. you know, pretty much the whole time. And I remember telling my wife when I came back, I was at the Atlanta International Airport and I'm wearing a mask. And I was about the only person to, to be wearing a mask at the Everyone
1: airport. was walking to the other yeah, side of you. Weren't they're just hey? walking
0: yeah. around, you know, right. cruising along like everything's fine. And and I and I at that moment, I guess I realized is that the our society here in the United States, although it was in the news, we we really don't pay a whole lot of attention till it hits home, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, right. it really hit home. Uh, as you, you well know, in, uh, in early March and especially in the mid-March. Uh, so it's been, you know, quite frankly, I feel like an old hat uh, at this point mm-hmm. in crisis management. Um, you know, so, you know, March could have been characterized like us just trying to hold up the fort. Uh, sure. the, the, the executive orders were coming fast and furious. Uh, things have come down to a, a, you know, somewhat of a calm, somewhat of a calm right now. Uh, We actually had our first employee COVID-confirmed case fairly early in the crisis. Uh, And Mm -hmm. fortunately, it's been the only one in our Dublin plant since that time. And the employee has returned to work uh, and is healthy. So we experienced it it head-on pretty early in the crisis. Um, But where we are today, our our factories, our main plants, uh, our, our commercial and residential plant, in the state of Georgia are opening and operational, as well as our Erie Architectural Products Plant in Lakeshore, Ontario is fully operational. Um, All of our regional offices are open and operational, uh, with the exception of our San Francisco office, which was in Alameda County. Um, Mm -hmm. Their their, uh, uh, shelter in place order was fairly strict and did not allow any lane uh, for us to keep that office open, so those two employees are teleworking as of right now. But all in all, things are are surprisingly going surprisingly well.
1: Um, well, well, that's good to hear. Yeah, have you had to? I'm sure you've had to make some accommodations mm-hmm. or changes and in, um, in the plants to keep workers safe. Have you? What have you done? Are, 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 more distancing, different shifts, things like that. Sure. I mean, happen?
0: I think I think um, you know. At this point, a lot of companies, I hope uh, and, and businesses have already kind of come to realize what are the basic basic, I'd say, needs. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the early activities that we took on were, I mean, things like suspension and non-essential travel and meetings. Uh, uh, we suspended non-essential visitation to our facilities. There was a heavy shift in uh, movement to online meetings, um, promotion of social distancing. And we also learned along the way that that visual cues are really, really important. It's mm-hmm. one thing to say it and put it on a poster on a wall. But, uh, for example, in my office where I'm sitting today, about eight feet away from me, there's a, a red X on the floor. And that X marks oh. the spot where someone, if they want to come and talk to me in my mm-hmm. office, would would, would stand or that would be, you know, a, a minimum distance away. So we found ourselves putting these types of visual cues around the uh, offices and and uh, getting rid of seats and things like that um, mm-hmm. and doing similar things in plant operations. A little bit more tough in plant operations as you can imagine, but sure. um, we managed to do it. Also cleaning regiments. We're actually uh, doing fogging at some of our operations now, either daily or, or a few times a week. Um, and it seemed somewhat draconian at the time, but we were one of the early adopters of of doing temperature screening
1: mm-hmm.
0: upon entry to our uh, our largest factory sites. We started that about a month ago, um, and you know that has proven to be effective. I mean, uh, we we did have some individuals, uh, you know, that that were coming to site with a mm-hmm. fever. They may not mm-hmm. have known it. Uh, right. and fortunately, we were able to send them back home, or or to get um, you know uh, care from a healthcare provider.
1: Well, obviously, well, it must be working because the fact that you had an employee who had is recovered and back, and you haven't had yeah. any other incidences is is really very impressive. Yeah,
0: it's really amazing. We we that is in our Dublin plant. We did have one other uh, incident in our in our window plant in in another mm-hmm. part of the state. But uh, so far, two cases among over 1,000 employees, and, um, and, and so far, those folks affected have seemed to be you know, recovering, and um, we've been very blessed.
1: That's great. I'm going to um, I'm gonna try that X idea. I like it when our employees get back <laughs> in the office. We'll <laughs> yeah. try that. Good, good way, good reminder there. Yeah. Um, how about your employees? Because I'm sure that um, they're very concerned, as pretty yeah. much everybody who works for companies in this country right now about yeah. um, their future employment. Um, yeah. That might have a spouse who isn't working sure. right now. What kind of steps or have you taken to help um, help provide that peace of mind? Sure. Well, you know, you're
0: really really they're talking about um, two separate and distinct you know uh, areas of what i would call the basics of Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. um and the, that would be the human need for safety and security <laughs> uh right. which are, could be two separate you know you know distinct areas let me talk to the safety one first that is an area that that just you know came on like gangbusters of course in the last you know six six weeks um it's it's we've never been so challenged to maintain that basic of hierarchical needs for our employees need for safety. And I'm not talking about concerns about physical safety or not being able to keep the uh, safe uh, safety in the workplace. Um, We've been able to make those types of adjustments and and to keep our workplaces as safe as possible. I'm referring to the psychology of safety. You know what this COVID-19 pandemic has done like nothing ever before was to create an anxiety for safety like I've never seen before. Um, I mean, it's just a hidden threat and it can affect anybody. So, you know, it, what it became clear as during the month of March, when state and local governments were, were deeming for the most part, all of the construction sector essential and we remained open, we had to spend a, a lot of time and be extremely sensitive to employees, physical and emotional needs. Um, so we communicated a lot. And one of the early adaptions we, we did uh, fairly soon on was was we, we promoted heavily to the employees that they had a choice. That they if they chose to, to not come to work it was okay. Um, so we gave them easy off-ramps. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is we promoted and advocated uh, fairly liberal leave of absence policies. Um, I see. Yeah. So during the month of March, we had about five uh, percent of the workforce uh, take that option and either take a week or two weeks off or what have you. Uh, we've seen since that trickle down, um, we're probably down to about you know maybe two percent of the population that's still out on leave, and that's uh, uh, you know shrinking every day. But um, yeah. So from a safety standpoint, it was it's, it's it's nothing like we've ever seen before, as you can imagine.
1: Well, that's true because pretty much everything any individual has gone through—you know, my kids aren't going to school anymore. My, you know, my wife's job isn't opening. Uh, you know, at one day at home, I even commented, uh, "You know, I wonder if the sun's going to come back up tomorrow." Yeah, exactly. Everything seems so different. So that was exactly. great that you recognized that early. <laughs> you know, in the as far as the
0: security aspects, as you as you you can you can tell now. Of course, another aspect of, of the crisis is now starting to affect the psyche of society. Uh, is is the security aspects of it? What's the economy going to look like? What's employment going to look like? And I don't know that we we knew it at the time, but um, our basic you know philosophy uh, as we we started you know going into this this type of uh, uh, crisis was that. You know, our goal was to maintain a, a, a stable practice to the greatest extent possible. Uh, we felt that that was important for our, our customers, for our employees, and the communities in which we operated. Um, so we, we practiced a fairly calm, disciplined approach about it, and we didn't panic, or we tried not to panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that seems to us serving us well um, because we were always focused on the long range. Uh, and I think um, it was a difficult um, you know, message to send during uh, the, the most severe period uh, in the middle of March because our employees were very anxious and scared. But uh, as we approach, approach new phases of the COVID-19 response, I feel it was the right choice. And the vast mm-hmm. majority of our organization is now coalescing around this you know bizarre, you know, somewhat new normal <laughs> right. in, in society. Sure.
1: I'm wondering too, most of the CEOs with whom I've spoken have have said they had a moment where they realized everything is going to be different. I guess that yeah. might've been your airport moment. But then because everything was kind of shaking below them, uh, every one of them has told me, okay, now I have to kind of get a grip on this. Did you have a, a moment or two like that?
0: Yeah, I, I think that moment came... For me, um, probably about uh, two and a half weeks ago, about two weeks ago, you know, we had we had done such a good job at at you know holding the fort, or so to speak, in March, but the country was still entering and is now perhaps at the precipice of the most critical phase of of uh, trying to mitigate mm-hmm. risk. Uh, in the latter half of April and perhaps into you know early May, and we had already done a lot of uh, employee relief initiatives, but um, I just felt this tension in the organization and th- this anxiety and fear. Uh, as you know, the media was really you know primarily talking about bad news. <laughs> That's
1: right. You don't right, hear yeah. about
0: recovery mm-hmm. rates. You only hear right. about cases and death rates typically. Um, and and that led us to make a very, I believe, a very important decision. One, you know, being a manufacturing-based company and, and also operating around the country and call what I would call, characterize as call center-style locations, you know, we found that we were somewhat inept at being able to deploy teleworking in a widespread or equitable fashion. So, what we decided to do was to opt for a much larger initiative that could benefit our entire workforce. Mm-hmm. So we're about. Into in week two of four weeks of an initiative we called "Stop the Spread," and it was an initiative to reduce the workforce density across the entire enterprise for the most critical three to four weeks of the the crisis response in the USA. So what we're doing is um, it's a company paid and sponsored initiative, and we're we're providing paid time off to all of our employees to, in effect, shelter in place on a one week rotational basis. And this is uh, reducing workforce density across the enterprise by about 25 to 30% um, for practically about a whole month. And uh, that was received very well uh, by, by our employees.
1: Well, I'm sure as, uh, you know, a plant manufacturer, you face the same issue that the other manufacturers I've spoken with have, have mentioned, which is, yeah. you know, it's really nice that your office workers and your suits, so to speak, That's can right. work from home. But what about the people on the factory floor that are actually making the product you need and how do they get taken That's care right. of? Sounds That's like right. you found a pretty good way to uh, to help that along.
0: Yeah, uh again i we're 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 pretty big on an you know, organizational unity and equity and that was a, a very large part of our thinking was was that particular issue um so we decided to go at it on a much more whole from a much more holistic point of view um uh versus just targeting uh, um you know segments of the population that, that could telework and leaving those who could not behind um so that was, I. we feel fairly proud of that, uh, that we were able to accomplish that. Yeah. And, um, it's been received fairly well. And I hope that it, it bridges our entire organization through the, the most critical period of crisis response in
1: the United States. And you can tell from that solution that you really took a bit of time to think it through and figure out something that would be equitable to can we turn for a second from um, employees to your customers? I'm sure you've been yeah. talking to them on a regular basis.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I'll be honest, to be honest with you, my um, a lot of my time in the uh, uh, recent weeks has has really been internally focused. So I don't know that I'm an expert, not particularly up to date um, what's going on in the in the customer side. But I can tell you that I have heard that they are facing some challenges in some uh, areas of the supply chain, and in particularly glass. I've heard that um, uh, some glass supply lead times have increased. I don't know exactly why, whether the suppliers are having operational challenges, but I've heard that comment uh, from both the domestic supply chain, but, but in particular, the import supply chain where some uh, countries may have been, uh, you know, hit harder by the uh, crisis. The other thing that's going to start to affect our customer base already is, and it'll, it'll affect the entire supply chain, is um, we're already hearing um, that some projects are being delayed uh, and in some cases putting on hold uh, for unknown durations. Um, the first signs we've seen of that has particularly been in the hospitality Segment, for example, uh, hotels. <clears throat> so these are just the the early, you know, uh, you know, concerns or angsts about how this may affect the overall economy and the building and construction industry. I'm
1: sure. Sure, that makes sense. But I'm sure you're also. I know you've you've just recently done some pretty large hospital projects. So I'm sure you're seeing a little bit of uptick in uh, medical and health facilities. I would expect. That's right. That's right. Um, Do you have any um, any advice for companies out there right now that would be considered your customers? The ones that you see that are moving forward and doing things well. Do you see a commonality there in terms of their planning?
0: Well, you know, I think um, you know there's probably lots of different things companies can do uh, right now, but. I'd say probably the most important thing is to focus on employees. Um, this this pandemic is nothing like anybody has ever experienced before. Um, even as leaders of companies, we're also going through those same emotions. And what does it mean to our children, to our families? Mm-hmm. But as leaders of companies, we also have a, a higher responsibility, and that is to to help guide uh all of the the associates and employees that work in our companies uh and help help them uh navigate through through this crisis and for the employees they have a lot of concerns which are which are are first and foremost their safety and then increasingly their their security you know will they have a job and, and things like that how will they be affected uh personally so i think the best advice i could give is that focus on your employees and their well-being um and think try to think as much as possible in long-term contexts um you know even in in my neighborhoods i've seen some businesses react very quickly and at the first sign of fear they close and now about 4 or 5 weeks later they're realizing that this is going to be a longer-term matter, and they're trying to reopen. They're trying to reopen in the most difficult time of the crisis. So Good I think course. a steady, steady hand, or or not making erratic decisions, being having the 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 willpower to make decisions that initially might not feel so popular. But I think our job as leaders is to keep calm uh, within the organization. And to to be constantly looking forward. Time is not on your side. You know, so uh, uh, you have to be willing to make business decisions fairly quickly. um, But you have to be willing to change direction if you didn't make the perfect decision. Mm
1: -hmm. uh, And
0: that's okay.
1: Right. Because the conditions you face 48 hours after you made the decision could be entirely different.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and this is, and this is what this crisis has been very unique. Um, to some degree, um, those of us who've been, who are around during the, the great recession, I guess it's mm-hmm. called now from 2000 right. to 2009, mm-hmm. you know, that took about a year to two years to really see what was going on. Um, so you had time to think and plan And in this crisis, I mean, it happened so quickly and it's still happening so quickly that, um, you know, you really had to be in a position to make decisions quickly, but also adjust directions, you know, just as quickly if you had to.
1: That's a good point. And I just have two more questions for you. One of them relates to that pretty closely. Uh, I'm just wondering if you are already seeing or expecting to see changes in your business and product mix for the future. Are there things you're already saying to yourself that will be different and that will be different um, a year from now, two years from now, things like that?
0: Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, of course, the I don't think anybody expects at this point that the, that the type of societal changes we've made literally in the last 30 days – are going to go away anytime soon. I think it would be short-sighted to believe that miraculously in a week or two, everything's going to go back to normal and we're going to be shaking hands and giving each other high fives. <laughs> and that's just not going to yeah. make sense.
1: I don't think handshaking is you know? coming back in our lifetimes actually. So, <laughs> you know? yeah.
0: I yeah. am um, a real face-to-face people person. So I do enjoy meetings face-to-face, sure. but I realize that, you know, that's going to have to you know take a back seat for a little while um but as far as um you know the long term impacts it's really not yet clear you know what how the the this this uh crisis is going to affect the building construction industry i think the early signs are there um but um surprisingly you know our factory order release rates are fairly strong um mm-hmm. we're virtually on plan with year over year growth in the month of april which Totally shocked us, um, but it's not reasonable that we could expect that that's going to continue, unless we adopt, you know, adapt somehow uh, and keep an eye on the future. So we're the way we're looking at it is we haven't quite come up with every idea or action item yet, but after we're going uh, out of the crisis management phase to what I call the business management phase again. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're keeping an eye on defensive plays, but we're going to be more aggressively focused on our offense game. Um, so, uh, be it accelerating our product development cycles, services, and also a big thing that we've got is, is the actual synergy actuation with our, our, our new subsidiary in the, uh, large complex facades industry with, uh, I'm talking about Erie AP. Yes. So, um, you know, the, the the we don't have a crystal ball, and and all of those things have not been um, quite materialized. But um, I, you know, because the last thirty to forty five days was literally just trying to hold the fort, um, yes. maintain a position that you have a right to exist and operate, uh, keeping employees calm, safe, secure. Um, but now it's time to to shift more focus on on what's going to be the next play if that makes sense
1: it does i was just going to say it makes a lot of sense um let me ask you as a, my last question if you don't mind uh sure. if you have anything else you'd like to share with our listeners or readers
0: well sure i've also made a, a personal adaptation i I'm starting to make my lunch at home and bring it to work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How's that going for you?
0: I'm not sure if that's a good adaptation or, or I'm, I'm not judging. I, it's right. just an observation.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I said the other day, I would never think that the thing I would miss most in this world is a Panera salad, but I do, you know? So, yeah.
0: yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But no, right. it's, um, it's again, I think, um, you know, my advice to anybody who's listening is just keep your eye on the ball, you know, uh, keep it steady. Uh, try to think as long-term as possible And um, everything's going to work out. You know, this too shall pass. It'll be a new norm, but stay positive, stay focused, communicate, communicate, communicate with employees, uh, let them know that everything's going to be all right, and uh, they'll be there to support you uh, as you evolve and come out even stronger uh, after we get through this.
1: Well, that's great. Uh, Great advice from one of the leading officials in the glass and metal industry. And Oliver, we so appreciate your having joined us today.
0: Thank you so much.